Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health. Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast. I'm here with Artie Arianpour from Seekster. Welcome, Artie. Thanks so much, Steve. Excited to be on your show. It's a, it's a secret that I'll share with our listeners. This is a little bit of a second time for you and I to talk. We had technical difficulties the first time, so I, we're, we're hoping this all works out, right? Absolutely. It's kind of like a part two with it being a part one. So right. Maybe the listeners will get something new this time. Yeah, it's almost like a rehearsal, and now we've got the, the real deal. Um, so, you know, let's, uh, let's talk about the company right away, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into some other stuff that I know, you, I, I know uh, on, your, on your background. The, the argument is, you know, patients should be able to get, get access to all of their data. You gave me a demo. Uh, you know, you showed me a pretty awesome uh, set of data that, that patients could get control of. Why don't you just give a quick description of what your product's capable of doing uh, from a standpoint of patient data acquisition and, and, and use. Sure. Sure. So we put the person at the center of healthcare, disrupting all their episodic EHR baseline genetic and continuous monitoring wearable health data in one place. What we've done at Seekster is we're enabling organizations to deliver cost-effective healthcare via the comprehensive medical records collection, individual genomic profiles, and personal health data, uh, device data all in one place. So you know, let's do a quick use, use case. Um, if I remember last time you, you, you showed me a, a patient from, uh, who was able to access data from like Scripps Clinic in San Diego and other places. So how does this work? What, is it, what does a patient uh, need to do to use this? Yeah, so we've created, you know, the mint.com for healthcare, where users create a matched longitudinal data profile across all of their U.S.-based physicians, hospitals, health systems with their, you know, electronic health records, includes, you know, lab results, uh, medical images. Um, Like I said, it can also include, uh, as you saw, genomic DNA profiles, wearables, we really help healthcare providers and payers onboard in an efficient and accurate way. And, you know, interoperability has been such a huge problem. As you know, it's a $30 billion problem. And so we created our platform um, that can really hit on orders of magnitude by dramatically reducing the cost and time of acquiring relevant patient records. Mm-hmm. So if, if I were, uh, well, I am. So I, I'm a I'm a patient. How do I how do I use the platform? What's my what's my cue? Yeah. So you you, you use it through one of our partners, right? And um, let's say we're partnered with a with a specific provider that's um, utilizing the technology. Um, you basically use your um, credential login, and uh, you. Uh, enter in your own um, authentication uh, process, and all the data gets basically pulled in and then visualized. So if you have, let's say, um, uh, five health systems and you're a chronically ill patient, 
you know, uh, and have uh, UCSF, uh, UCSD, Cleveland Clinic, uh, Mayo, NYU. You've traveled across, you know, the country for years, and now you have five health systems where your data has been siloed. You can bring all that together, and if you have, you know, any DNA data um, the same way by putting in your um, credentials, your username and password for, let's say, a 23andMe account or a Ancestry DNA or a LabCorp or Quest account, you can bring that information in. And then, you know, you top it off with if you have um, an Apple Watch, a Garmin, or a Fitbit, and all that data that's been siloed on that device that you haven't been able to see, as we showed you the demonstration earlier, you're able to pull in now this complete total health look um, for your um, personal health data. And uh, you know, when you showed it to me, it went pretty fast. I mean, it went, went fast enough to where it didn't seem to be a bother at all. How, how quickly are you able to, how, is somebody able to use this and pull all this information together? And then does it, does it stay up to date so that if I went back and looked at it a week or two later or a month later, it would be up to date for me? Yeah, so that's what's great is, you know, for the last three plus years, we standardized and harmonized all this, you know, EHR, DNA, and continuous fitness wearable um, device data all in one place so that, as you saw, um, it is pretty fast. It's all dependent on the health system. It can take anywhere from 60 seconds to a couple minutes. And um, depending on how much data you have, you know, some patient's data, you know, can take up to a day. Um, but it is, it is relatively really quick. And then um, we built an auto sync feature where you, it's one site, one login. You never have to actually do it twice exactly how I showed you with the um, live patient examples where you only put in your information from, let's say, Kaiser or Sutter Health or Stanford, and you only need to do it once. You never have to do it twice and Next time you go visit, you know, those um, uh, doctors at those institutions at any time, any intervention that happens um, will get pinged to the system automatically and the data will be auto-populated the next time you log in. So are you thinking that uh, the patients are going to then share this information or allow when they go in for a physician visit, allow the physicians to pull the information up, and are you providing, thinking you would be providing dashboards or some analytics around this to sort of point out some key data elements? Where, where do you think this goes? Yeah, so, you know, we built this with the consumer and the patient in mind, and that's why it's so unique. But our business model is, you know, it's a, a SaaS business model. It's software as a service. Our go-to-market is focused on helping healthcare providers and payers attract, keep patients, and increase revenue and deliver cost-effective care, really. And, you know, Seekster's technology can be integrated in any health system registration, admission. It's really a CRM outreach and referral process, really. And more importantly, you know, we create the opportunity to, you know, really mine health revenue opportunities from each comprehensive patient profile there. And, um, you know, how this works is the uh, enterprises give us an upfront license fee uh, 
patient activation fee, a one-time payment there, as well as, you know, to keep the system running, it's a per member per month, a PM, PM, um, per patient per month fee. And is it just based on the patients that are, you, I'm assuming, that are using the system that, that they, get, they get billed, right? So That's right, yeah, and the patients never get billed, right? So the, the, the partners pay for this, you know, EHR plus system. It's a system that sits on top of any existing electronic health record system, such as an EPIC, uh, you know, a Cerner, an Allscript system, or, or any other system. Um, but that's where it's really unique, and that's where the person-centric interoperability solution really hits on with the Seekster technology and platform. So how are you how are you marketing this today? How are you getting people interested? So we're marketing it, um, you know, to providers and payers, and uh, we've had a um, overwhelming response with the um, uh, providers and payers that are interested in this type of platform. They've either had it really on their you know roadmaps, what we call DIY, do it yourself. Um, uh, roadmaps, but at the same time, they've never been able to um, achieve nationwide scale access to the um, health system. Currently, we have over 3,000 hospitals and over 45,000 small doctor offices and medical clinics that we're integrated with. We're integrated with, you know, um, every single direct-to-consumer DNA testing lab, as well as major clinical diagnostic labs as well, and, um, you know, uh, the top wearable and various different uh, devices uh, as well, such as Dexcom and ResMed and various different um, continuous monitoring devices. So it's a really um, a, a broad spectrum of data that has been siloed that we can empower members to collect, own, and share on their terms. Yeah, so so who else would you be competing with? I know there's some of the EMRs are advertised that they're capable of doing this. What are, are Is anybody else doing this today? And if not, uh, what sort of is the secret ingredient that you've, you've determined uh, on your end to make this possible? Yeah, it's been really kind of an accident. We had this inspiration of, you know, just combining your EHR data with your DNA data, and then we fell on this interoperability, you know, um, cracking of it on complete accident. Um, we had a significant technical breakthrough, and I know that sounds funny, but it, th that's the honest truth there. And, you know, um, I guess, you know, what I can tell you about competitors in this space, there's no competitor that has nationwide scale with what we have. Um, right? The same way that you've seen various different people like Dr. Eric Topol um, publicly share his experience of bringing together, you know, four different health systems since 1985, his Fitbit, his MyFitnessPal, his 23andMe all together in one place, and he tweeted it about that experience using our technology. Um, you know, it's a great example of the nationwide scale that we've been able to hit. But um, Apple... Um, is definitely a, a competitor, but um, at the same time, um, you know, we have um, uh, our technology a different way than the way that they're doing it. Um, Apple requires BAAs 
Um, our technology does not require BAAs out there. And there's a lot of Me Too lookalikes out there, um, but they don't actually visualize the data. They haven't harmonized and standardized the data, and they haven't really um, built the user experience from you know, the various different features like our caregiver future, our data sharing future, and how we visualize all that data in one place. So let, let, let me just um, dig in a little bit on the Apple question. So BAA, of course, is uh, uh, related to HIPAA, right, and, 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 and the storing and, and control over PHI. Um, what is Apple doing that they're requiring a BAA? Who are they getting the BAA from anyway, from the EHR companies that they're interfacing to? Just kind of confused about that. Yeah, so look, a- Apple um, has, you know, uh, a couple hundred uh, hospitals that are, they're integrated with. We have thousands that we're integrated with. So, you know, Apple will never be able to, um, you know, have it for everyone, number one. Number two, they don't visualize the data the way that we do. Um, and more importantly, um, to answer your question on how the BAA works, um, because we've created a system where the patients are getting their own data. Um, We don't need a BAA, but Apple needs a BAA in order to be partnered with, let's say a health system to be able to pull in that data with fire and HL seven. We don't rely on that and we don't impose any additional IT infrastructure, um, you know, on top of that. But, you know, with Apple, it's agnostic only to their ecosystem. So if you're Samsung, you know, or Android user, you're, you're out of luck, right? With Feaster, we're completely agnostic. We're web-based and mobile, and it doesn't matter if it's on iOS or Android. And on top of that, we don't need BAAs to have thousands of hospitals integrated. You know, every week we're adding more providers that are coming online and integrated into our system because the patients are the ones that control their data and own their data. Okay. So let's, uh, let's take a step back and, and talk about your formation and your, your, your origin story. How, how did you decide to start the company? I know you were a genomics guy before. What, what led you down this path? Why, why did, why did you end up doing this? Yeah, it's, it's an incredible story. Um, I'll try to be brief. Uh, it, it, it happened again, another accident by another accident. Um, I was actually at um, a barbecue, um, a cook-off. It was a bacon cook-off, and I was one of the first people to get whole genome sequenced. Um, had a lot of success, obviously, in the um, genome businesses um, in the past, in my past since that I've done, but. More importantly, I was so excited about having my genome sequenced, and then next thing you know, I'm talking to some physicians um, over a weekend around the uh, fact that I had my genome done. And they were wondering, like, well, that's great, but that information doesn't really reside in your EHR. Tell me more about it. You know, how can you make it more actionable? How can you have certain insights and things? And so that made me think and go back that, you know, uh, don't drink the genome Kool-Aid so much. Now, the tailwinds at that time weren't there. And then in 2016, got really serious on the fact that, you know, we wanted to just combine, you know, DNA data with um, EHR data because, 
your DNA data does not reside within your electronic health records. And then from there, we went down the rabbit hole of, you know, falling on um, uh, cracking this interoperability and understanding that, wow, you know, all this medical records mess is a lot bigger than what we thought it was. And ever since we've been working on this, every month, every week now, there's something in the news. You know, just um, three weeks ago, we were on the cover of the Wall Street Journal um, uh, because of our success with cracking interoperability from the patient standpoint. And so we haven't really pivoted. We've been struck to our, or stuck to our mission of, you know, patients really collecting and owning and sharing that data. Um, but we've really been laser focused on how we can provide the gaps on the clinical data now. Mm -hmm. So why were you so excited about getting your genomic data and what did it tell you? Well, you know, I mean, growing up in San Diego, it's kind of hard not to get excited about, you know, genomics. It's the mecca of genomics and, um, you know, sequencing um, technologies such as, you know, Illumina and life technologies, um, you know, were the two biggest providers for sequencing. And so always was excited about, you know, genomics and it was such an innovative field and it still is. But at the same time, um, you know, there's so, only so much you can do with genome data. What's great about having your genome uh, sequenced, I guess when I did it, was, you know, being one of the first, like, I think, 100 people that got to do it. Uh, it was kind of bragging rights, I guess you could say. But now, you know, you can get, you know, any type of genotyping done. A lot of people think 23andMe and Ancestry DNA is, some type of genome, it's not a full genome sequence. It's totally different. Genome sequencing is still very expensive because the interpretation and things like that. But um, I wish I could tell you I learned that I had some kind of superpower um, other than knowing that um, I had uh, galactosema as a, as a marker that affects, you know, various different things. If you're trying to have a, a, a child with you know, someone that has that same marker. Uh, other than that, I didn't find anything within my genome yet. But there's still lots to be discovered on um, various different um, markers within your genome that we just don't know about. And at some point, you know, we'll know more as time and research progresses. Very cool. So um, when did you start the business? You said around 2016 or so. And my understanding is you've self-funded or angel funded it up to this point. Is that right? Uh, uh, January 2016, we started, and we put millions of dollars into the platform, um, and uh, we have a, a great group of supporting investors from the health IT, healthcare, um, technology, and um, uh, genomics, you know, fields that understand the big pain points in healthcare and what we had solved. So where can um, investors and potential customers or partners, what's the best way for them to find out about you? I'm sure you've got a website. Are you on Twitter? Are you on Facebook? What are you doing? You're publishing research. Yeah, what, so what's going on? The best way to you know, get in touch with us is uh, go to Seekster.com, S-E-Q-S-T-E-R.com. Follow us on Twitter. Um, you know, our Twitter handle is Seekster. 
at Feaster. Uh, and then if there's any inquiries for anything, you can email info at Feaster.com or go to our website and request to see a demo uh, on the contact us page. Terrific. Well, that was great. Uh, I really appreciate it. Sorry about the technical difficulties last time, but uh, I certainly enjoyed uh, getting to know your company and talking to you, and, and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Steve. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us on the Breaking Health Podcast. I hope you enjoyed Steve doing the intro himself. He did such a fantastic job. I didn't want to step on his glory. So, Steve, thanks for the great interview. Thank you, podcast listeners, for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. Don't forget to share the podcast in any way you can. If you do it on social media, you can tag me or Steve. We are both on Twitter. I am at MedTechTom. Steve is at Steve underscore Krupa. K-R-U-P-A. Tag us both. We'd love to be part of those conversations. Also, you can find me on Twitter. I'm sorry, on LinkedIn. And uh, you can email me directly, tom at healthag.com. That is the word health, followed by the letters E-G-Y.com. Healthag is the producer of the Breaking Health Podcast, The Healthcare is Hard, a podcast for insiders, and also, of course, the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. Love to have you come back next time for another great tale of innovation on the Breaking Health Podcast podcast.